win now with Stealing Signs. We help you dominate any fantasy baseball league by giving you the information your opponents don't want you to have. So sharpen your pencils, get ready to take some notes, and let's get going. Hey, winners. Uh, Justin and I are probably the post-hype sleepers in your podcast world right now. It's been a long while since you've heard us talking to you. I think uh, mid-March to be exact, right, Justin? That's about when we, I think, did our last show. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a while. Man, how the world turns. But I will tell you, baseball is back, as we all know. But your fantasy league probably isn't. That doesn't mean the best players take this time off. In fact, this is the time to be thinking about, how am I going to win next year and the year after? So we know you're thinking about next year already, and me and the Pseudo Scout are here to make sure you can make the moves to get to or to stay on top. So we're going to look at a few players you need to be thinking about it. And we're not going to pipe in any crowd noise. Justin, I don't think we need crowd noise, do you? No, uh, we're just wanting to uh, hear the noise from our winners that we uh, lead to victory, and that'll be sufficient. Okay, so here we go. We're going to look at some players that were drafted by the MLB this year and figure out who has maybe the best opportunities and the worst opportunities based on the team situation they got drafted into. So this is assuming they stay with the team, obviously with a fantasy focus as we look at this. We're also going to look at some post-hype prospects. You know, we've got some pro- post-hype prospects playing now. Are they the real deal or is it a bust? And then we're going to take a look at some rookies that are on the diamond and, and say, figure out, are they validating the hype this season and into next season, or maybe they're going to need more time. So let's take a look at the winner of the best opportunity, in my opinion, the winner uh, from the player's perspective and from the fantasy player's perspective, and that is Zach Veen, the outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. And I have 5,280 reasons why he is going to be hitting 5,280 feet above sea level for half his games. Damn, that's where this kid could be playing. He can move fast through the system. The Rockies really don't have a lot of talent in his way, with maybe, I think, the exception of Sam Willard. And he just needs to stay healthy and continue to rake, and he'll be up there in no time. And if you own him in fantasy, you're going to be pretty happy. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, uh, supremely athletic kid. Uh, A lot of places had him uh, as the top prep talent uh, coming into this. I'm sure Colorado's eyes really lit up when he he slipped to them. He could be making uh, a, a lot of fans happy over there. Oh, yeah, big time. So who do you have? I'm digging Aaron Sabado, the uh, first baseman that the Minnesota Twins took out of UNC. He was a, a draft-eligible sophomore this year. So in addition to the youth, a uh, thing that I really like about him going to Minnesota is that he just fits the Minnesota mold. You know, like Sano, Donaldson, and Garver, uh, I think Sabado is also going to be a 250 hitter with uh, 25 plus, uh, maybe 30 home runs in his prime. With Sano being 27, I could see him being on the wrong side of 30 by the time Sabado uh, finally makes his debut. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of. Um, blockage for uh for sabado to overcome when it when he's finally ready and um he's just going to be more of the same for minnesota who's just a, a mashing powerhouse and and more of the same is is a good thing for them i, I think he's someone to really target in first year player drafts man minnesota has the type don't they i mean they really know what they want when they're going out and looking for a player yep and uh he, he just ended up in the perfect situation in my opinion and and that's why sabado was my pick yeah, I think it's a great pick. He does not look like a middle infielder to me. He's just he looks beefy. He looks yeah like a first baseman or a DH to me. But um, yeah, all right. 
So now let's kind of uh, go over to the players that we think did not land in a good opportunity, ones that we think maybe uh, might hurt them and obviously hurt a fantasy team or a fantasy owner that may have them. Who do you have? So uh, it pains me to uh, pick out Nick Gonzalez uh, for this category. Um, this is no knock on him by any means. In fact, it's a, a knock on the Pittsburgh Pirates player development. You know, to give you some specific examples of what I'm talking about, back in 2018, 10th overall pick, Travis Swaggerty. He's got a career minor league batting average of 257. Uh, Cole Tucker, their first round pick back in uh, 2014. The 211 hitter last year uh, when he was with uh, the Pirates. It just kind of seems like uh, maybe they're tinkering with the guy's swing, um, maybe uh, messes with their mentality uh, while they're in the box. I'm not sure. I hope I'm wrong uh, about Nick Gonzalez because the kid was, he was just absolutely raking last year. Well, actually earlier this year before he got drafted, mm-hmm. uh, he was a Golden Spikes probably favorite statistically. But based on Pittsburgh, I think that Gonzalez may have ended up in the wrong spot. It doesn't work out in baseball. Just take a, a look at his picture. This kid could fall back on modeling, right? Yeah, he could. He, uh, he's, he's one of those guys that have it all. Just like you, Justin. Just like you. Uh, who, who are you thinking? Uh, Nick Bitsko, pitcher drafted by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. He's a big pitcher coming out of high school. He's 6'4", 225 pounds. I don't know what they're feeding those kids out there in eastern Pennsylvania. But he's got powerful stuff, and he looks like he's got what he needs. The only problem is the raise. They wait forever to bring the kids up. And that's not going to help you as a fantasy player for a long while. So, you know, if this if someone's really interested in this kid, and, and there's legitimate reason to be interested in this kid, uh, and if there's interest in this league, in your league, go out maybe if you have him, maybe you can trade him. And maybe what some of the players do is since he's, his development is going to be long, you know it's going to be long with the Rays, they've got to play that service time game, that maybe you, tr- you trade him, get some talent that will come up sooner, and then go out and get him down the road a little bit. You know, my take is Nick Bitsko's is not in a good situation. So I'm saying Bitsko will go a bit slow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh you you're right about the uh the service time thing that um low budget rays are are forced to to play with. Another interesting thing with Tampa Bay and the way that they manage pitching they have that quirky uh, one-inning starter. You know, wh- where's Bitsko going to be? Is he going to be like their second inning through, you know, fifth or sixth mm-hmm. inning guy? It's a, it's just a weird weird way that Kevin Cash manages things. He's a genius in real life, but for fantasy purposes, <laughs> uh, he really confuses the heck out of us. That's right. That's right. So you're you're a genius in fantasy world. He's a fan- he's a genius in baseball <laughs> world, right? That yeah, that's the hard line right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move over to uh, some post-hype breakouts. We talk a lot about post-hype players. Anybody who's in the dynasty format understands this. Um, so, who do you have as a, as someone who you think is a post-hype breakout? Someone who may break out this year and carry it into next year for the fantasy owners out there. I think Ian Happ with uh, with the Cubs, mm-hmm. former uh, top ten overall pick. Kind of had some diminished playing time over the past couple seasons, but to me, it really looks like um, you know he's cemented himself as their everyday center fielder over Albert Almora. But uh, the thing that really has me intrigued is um, 
you know, I, I think we're looking at uh, Kyle Schwarber 2.0. Mm. Um, they have comically similar batted ball profiles. Um, the hard and medium contact rates, both at 40%, fly ball rate at 40%. You know, I don't think that uh, Hap is going to be winning batting titles. Uh, I think, um, you know, again, similar to that Schwarber mold, uh, Hap's probably going to be a 245 hitter. But uh, those exit velocities and the launch angles that he's got, uh, I think the 30 plus home runs, um, I think that that's something that can be expected. And um, quite honestly, for a while there, I just didn't think that it was really going to happen for him. But um, I, I'm actually a believer. You're going to be reading about him as a sleeper next spring in uh, 2021 drafts. It's Ian Happ. Who, who's your uh, post-high breakout this year? My post-high breakout is Kyle Lewis, the outfielder for the Seattle Mariners, or an outfielder for the Seattle Mariners. It, I mean, it feels like he's been around forever. He was drafted in 2016. And he has a has had a devil of a time finding the field. I mean, he had a lot of you know injuries that that kept him off and and really slowed his development. At one point, he was considered the top prospect in the Mariners system, but the injury bug just kept biting him. And let me tell you, I mean, if you don't know this already, his bat is a boomstick. This this kid can really hit it. He can hit it far, and if he can get that boomstick to the ball, watch out, fantasy land. I'm a believer. I think Kyle Lewis is the real deal. I think he's talented enough. I think he's smart enough. I think he can put it all together. And I think he's going to be a great player to have for years to come. And that Seattle team is no joke. They're going to come on next year and the year after. I think they're going to have a very, very good lineup. And he'll be right in there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, former Golden Spikes Award winner. He's got a chance to um, you know, be the, uh, the elder of a dynamic Mariners outfield with mm-hmm. uh, Kellenic and uh, Julio Rodriguez is also a little banged up right now, but yeah, the, uh, the power that Lewis is showing again, similar, like half, they're not going to be winning you any batting titles, but 30 plus home runs, Kyle Lewis, he, he he's proven that's it. He, he's going to be putting them all over the fence for the rest of his career. So long as he could stay healthy. Now we talked about these breakouts. Let's talk about who we think is a, is a post hype bust. And, Mine is Yuzniel Diaz, the outfielder for the Baltimore Orioles. And, you know, unless you're in a straight, hardcore, on base percentage league, maybe you still think this guy has what it takes, but I don't. I think he's been, the fact that he was involved in the Manny Machado trade, I think makes people more interested than they should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he will be hitting in Baltimore's tiny Camden yards if he ever makes it there, but the Orioles haven't been developing players well. I mean, you think about when's the last, what's the, who's the last big outfielder? That the Orioles developed, I think it was Nick Markakis uh, a long time ago. I think he's like ninety years old now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, Brady Anderson. <laughs> well, <laughs> with with the aid of maybe a little steroids, I don't know. But um, <laughs> listen, in my opinion, if you've got him, trade him if you can, get some value. If you don't have him, stay far away. Uh, I think Diaz, uh, Yusniel Diaz, is a bust. One hundred percent in line with that perspective. Um, you know, for my bust, being an A's fan, it absolutely tears me apart to say this about former six overall pick out of Florida, AJ Puck. What the fuck, Puck? Yeah. Sorry, I, I just I couldn't wait till when I saw you say it, I had to. I thought you were going to say it, but okay. It's uh. So wrap your mind around this. So 
drafted in 2016. From then through 2019, he has pitched a total of 194 innings. That is an average of 48 innings pitched each season. Oh. That is that is it. Uh, he's shut down again with a strained shoulder. Um, he had the same issue uh, with that shoulder in spring this year. He had uh, Tommy John surgery back in 2018, which you know perhaps skews that uh, average of 48 innings uh, per season. But he also had uh, back spasms back in 2016. You know, it's just one thing after another. He can't stay on the bump. Uh, I just say let him be someone else's lotto ticket. I'm I'm just not buying the AJ Puck hype, frankly, anymore. Yeah, I I mean I I think uh, one of the old scouting. How do I say this? I guess health is a skill. Yeah, the ability to stay healthy is a skill, and some players have it, some players don't. I'm not saying that if you work harder, you do something different, you could stay more healthy. Sometimes it's just bad luck. Sometimes it's just the mechanics of pitching itself are just you know so damaging to someone's body. But I agree with you. I I know as a uh, an Oakland fan of which you're, you are, this is a tough one for you. But, I, you know, if we kind of maybe move over to who I think the rookies who I think are validating the hype, we could talk about another Oakland athletic. Would you like to do that? Absolutely. Jesus Lazard. <laughs> yes. The pitcher for the Oakland athletics. He's ready. He's coming. He's got uh, plus command. He's got a mid 90s fastball. Get him now. Get him for your team next year. Do it. Do it. This is more about just service time. This is the team, another small market team, just doing what they need to do. But I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I think this kid's going to be great. I think he's going to step right in and he's going to make a big difference for a very good athletics team, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, he is absolutely validating the hype. Um, Lizardo was absolutely filthy in the playoffs last season. Uh, and he's been dealing again so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've uh, if you watched that plus plus um, change up of his. Uh, you mentioned the heater being an undersized uh, lefty like that. I, I seriously think Oakland might have the new Johan Santana. Oh wow! Yep, there you go. Wow. Well, uh, I'm an oversized lefty, so you know I'm I'm pulling for any <laughs> lefty, but uh, undersized. Great. So a guy that uh, I think is absolutely validating the hype way more than I anticipated. Say it. Say it. To me, it's very obvious that I'm going to be talking about Luis Robert. Yes. Yeah. I I wanted to dig deeper into this uh, idea and and praise uh, Carter Kaboom and his 375 batting average. Um, (laughs) Nico Horner's been hitting the cover off the ball, but damn, Luis Robert. I mean... Is this kid the new Ronald Acuna? Is he the AL version of Acuna? He he might he might be. Uh, you're getting me excited. I'm all lathered up now. No, I I to, in my he looks like uh, a very strong athletic receiver in the NFL. Like I was really surprised when I saw him on the diamond a few weeks ago, and just how big and athletic he looks. But more importantly, his ability to put the bat to the ball now. It's early, and I, I want to see more. But man, that's exciting! He if he could if he could tap into that potential, Justin. Oh my! I think he's already in there. Um, really, I think the only thing that's exceeding his talent is his flair. You know, I mean, he's just <laughs> he, he's a great um, fits that mold like the new player. You know, has that mm-hmm. swag about him. Um, I tell you what, I mean, he's 
he's going to cost a lot of money if you want to trade for him. Mm-hmm. But um, I would not be opposed to someone rolling out like the bank mm-hmm. yeah, because um, I, I seriously think we, we could be looking at a perennial top 10 pick moving forward. This, this kid's nasty. He's got it all. And in that lineup, counting stats, um, he, really, he, he's the total package. That's exciting. That's exciting. Another, yeah. I mean, those, the White Sox, too, another lineup that over the next uh, five years should be really strong. If they could keep the band together, those Southsiders are going to be really, really good. Get some pitching. So uh, let's look at the other side. Who who do you have that you think maybe uh, you know might be on the diamond a little prematurely? Maybe maybe they're going to be good down the road, but right now, too many question marks. I'll put an asterisk with this because we're just so early into the season. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I want to see some more at bats with Evan White uh, to really have a, a better understanding of what this kid's going to be offensively. Uh, I know he was hyped more as a future gold glover um, than your uh, your prototypical masher at first, currently batting a buck 67. Uh, even for the Mariners right now, that's not going to get it done. You know, again, it, it comes with his unfavorable randomness of a 231 <laughs> uh, balls and padded play, uh, which is about 100 points below uh, his normal. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, his average should be a little bit higher, but, um, you know, outside swing rate of uh, 31%, it's a little high. Be a little patient on him. Uh, I think you could be looking at a 265 hitter upwards of 25 home runs um, because he's got a good 92 mile an hour average exit velocity of premium 17 degree launch angle. Um, so could be a good fantasy play, but uh, I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit because he's an advanced college bat. And then you just think about, you know, psychologically, it's a shortened season. He's coming out of the gate as a rookie. He's pressing. You talked about the you know the the outside uh, strike zone swing rate. Sometimes that could indicate that he's pressing. So long term, I'm high on that kid, but I tend to agree. I watched a few at bats being on the West Coast out here uh, of his, and just was not impressed. Not as impressed as I thought it would be when when he yeah. came up to bat. And you're uh, again, he he did sign that big major league contract mm-hmm. uh, when he was in the minor leagues. So uh, him pressing to kind of show that he was worthy of that, coaches might need to be in and be like, hey, look, you're the future, chill. Maybe you should give him a call, Justin. Just let maybe, him know. maybe, if father figured Evan White. Yeah, that's right. Just say, hey, it's the pseudo scout. Just, <laughs> uh, just relax. You're all right. Well, my rookie bust, this one's painful for me, uh, or I won't call it a bust, but certainly uh, caution flags all over the place is Gavin Lux, infielder for the Los Angeles Dan- uh, Dodgers. And I, you know, I know as a reporter, you can't get close to the action. We're all, we all have to stay back. But did he piss Mookie off or something? Like, what the hell is going on in LA? I mean, he's, he's not in camp. He is in camp. I, I don't know whether it's COVID related or not. And I, I just think this is something we need to watch closely. Um, you know, maybe it's not a bust for next year, but this year seems not good. And it's probably going to take a little bit of the shine off, you know, Gavin's prospect status in fantasy world, unless he comes in and really does something, you know, in the back half of this kind of 60 game tournament. Um, so I still believe in the long-term future, but I, there's so many question marks about why this is happening. Is there an injury? Is there something else? Is he, uh, you know, hadn't heard anything about him being 
you know, kind of a head case or anything like that. But geez, Luis, you know, uh, not looking good right now for Gavin. We'll see uh, when he ultimately makes the jump. I mean, is is LA really pressing on uh, service time with the kid? I, I don't know. But yeah, I was uh, very, very surprised to see that he did not make the opening day roster after uh, what he was doing late in last season. Well, let's hope for the best for him and hope that it's not just something deeper and it's just uh, some good development time, maybe some service time machinations. Although what they paid Mookie, I don't know that they're too worried about a few bucks here or there um, or a few million bucks here or there. I don't know. Well, Justin, this has been fun. I I know we haven't talked for like a million months, but it feels like we just talked yesterday. This was great. Yeah, yeah. feels very, very good to be back. And um, hopefully the listeners are uh, excited to see a new episode. Should we, should we keep doing this? Do you think we should start looking at some other areas to find value with the young players? Yeah, yeah. This is my favorite stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> All right, I Justin. Well, listen, uh, this is great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I know we pulled this together on short notice, but man, it feels good. It feels right. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Hope you have a good night. All right. Thanks a lot.